doesn't it? So we had a, one interesting thing happen. What was it, Friday night at our house? Uh, those of you who've been to my house, I, you know I have this big canopy. It flew into the, our neighbor's yard. A 14 by 20 foot canopy in my neighbor's yard. It's this sweet old lady named Joyce next, that's behind us. Oh, and she's just like, well, look at this. <laughs> that's all she said. It was like, oh. I said, I'll take care. I'm like, okay, that sounds fine. Oh, man. I'm like, how on earth can you be so sweet? It's like, oh, don't ever leave, leave, because you're the perfect neighbor. We never see her. <laughs> But when we do, it's just like, she's so nice. And so, yeah, and so the boys and I, Saturday morning, got out there, but while it's filling up, because it's, you know, it's this shaped, so it's filling up with water, because, <laughs> you know, it has sides all the way around, so yeah, it's like, uh, that thing was heavy. We had to take the legs off, had to take the tarp or the covering off. Because you can't pick up something that has, I don't know, how much, Jack thought maybe it was 100 pounds worth of water. It's like, oh. Anyways, that was our Friday. Friday, Saturday morning. Did you guys enjoy the rain and the, and the wind? Kathy hates it. <laughs> it's thunder. She doesn't like thunder. No. Vivid memories of being traumatized as a child in a thunderstorm, so... Anyways, so that's that. We're going to be, um, there's going to be a couple announcements off, af, uh, off air as soon as we finish with the service today. And uh, am I on yet? Oh, we, we've been on air the whole time? Oh. So, anyways, apologize for everybody who are here and online that we're late. So, it's okay, technicality. Technical technology is a wonderful thing until it's not. Okay. How's your week been, Joe? You know I hate <laughs> that question. A, this is a terrible time to ask. Yes, um, it's a good time to ask. But I have to remember what happened. What? That's what getting old is like. No, no, it's, it's, it's when life is busy, right? You go, well, the, let me go through my little What's one thing you did this week? How's that? Um, I worked on the uh, video back there. Just Besides that. Oh, wow. Um, we had a soccer match yesterday. I coach a, a seventh grade soccer team. And let me just tell you that um, I'll explain during worship, but seventh graders, 12, a bunch of 12-year-old boys, soccer, the main instrument. It's a ball. And the boys. And boys. <laughs> yeah. And so all the jokes, all the jokes, <gasps> the all the jokes. Yeah. But we won. Yay! It was, it was, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's, not, it's not just fun winning. It's fun to see. So last week we lost eight to zero. And that was really discouraging. But I love the fact that they just tried so hard. You know how like in some sports you'll watch that a team that's losing get really discouraged and they'll just kind of give, give up. up and they didn't and I can't communicate to them how proud I am of the fact that regardless of the score they never stopped they never stopped trying so you know that's that's the reason I do it is character building 
He's like, I want to yeah. see them develop into young men of character because it's... With that as a segue, we are going to be talking about hope today, <laughs> foundations of hope, and it's about not giving up in the midst of difficulties, and we have a lot going on today, and a lot in our world, in our personal lives, and it's hard sometimes to not give up, and to just give in, and just throw your hands up and say, my own life or the world is just going to be a mess, and it's never going to get better, um, but there's hope, and we're going to have a, a three-part series. Today's going to be the first one, and we're talking about foundations. How can we for sure we have hope? Today's going to be about the character of God. There's some characteristics about God that, that are absolutely critical that you, you get and you remember. They're like good, solid rocks to stand on so that when the world and the life and the floods of things come, you could stand above that flood and go, okay, yes, life is hard, but this is true. Yes, that's hard, but this is true. And we're going to look at the character of God today. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for the day and for 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 this congregation, for Joe and everybody who gets to who serves. I thank you for their their uh, their skill, their expertise. We thank you, Lord, that you are good, you are wise, and you 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 loved us so much that you sent Jesus. Help us to worship you this morning and give you the praise you deserve. Help us to focus in now on you alone. Not on what's happened before this moment. Not things are going to happen after the church service. Not even really, frankly, Jesus, the, the people around us so much. Just on you. And how you deserve to be worshipped. Because you are so good to us in Jesus. We pray this in your name. Father, as we're, as we're worshipping this morning, as I, as I am here leading... Call to mind all those times that are so easy to forget when you have been here in such a tangible way working in my life. And that, that the joy and the hope that comes from being loved is expressed in our, our time together this morning. And that the people who are here are brave enough to also just share that exuberance without concern about how they sing, how they look when they sing, all those things that distract us from just our individual relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to uh, encourage you to stand up because this is uh, a song we haven't done in a long time that uh, does require a certain amount of energy.
nothing and no one comes anywhere close to you. We're almost on the right lyrics. We're going to get there. The earth and oceans deep only reflect this truth. Oh, you're on the VBS version. That's why. Let's do the first verse again and don't worry about it. I want to scream it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows me. Your kindness fills my life. Your love amazes me. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me, to me. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me, to me. And with a cry of praise, you won't see it up there. My heart will proclaim. My heart will proclaim. You are good. You are good. You are good. In the sun or rain. In the sun or rain. My life celebrates. My life celebrates. You are good. You are good. You are good. With a cry of praise, my heart will proclaim. My heart will proclaim. You are good. You are good. You are good. In the sun or rain. In the sun or rain, my life celebrates. My life celebrates. You're good. You are good. You are good. Nothing important. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me, to me, and I sing because you are good, and I dance because you are good, and I shout because you are good, you are good to me, to me. No, no. Thank you, Jack. Mark, could you give me a little bit more on the electric? That's better. Thank you, sir. Don't worry about online. You know how to adjust that. Okay. God is good. Um, and, you know, it's wonderful to sing a song like that as you watch little things fall apart all around you, sometimes literally. But that's kind of what I was talking about. There are times when things are just falling apart in life and you really have to be very deliberate to stop and reflect on all of the ways that he has provided for you in the moments when you didn't think there was any provision at all. And Vanessa and I, for those of you who don't know, Vanessa's my wife, um, we can reflect back on these certain points in, in, in our time together where things were like, if this doesn't work out, I don't know what we're going to do. And then God provided. You know, we had times over the past three years where it's like, if this doesn't happen in just the right time, 
we can't pay our bills. We're, I, you know, we're, it's going to be bad. And he provided. And reflecting on that is really helpful when things start falling apart to go, oh, yeah. So today, as things are falling apart, I have the perspective to go, God, you're good. And this is a very minor thing in the grand scheme of life. And you all are so generous that when things fall apart, you go, Joe is a human. I am a human. These things are going to happen. And we haven't lost hope because our hope is not in Joe. Right? I hope it's not. Oh, I hope it's not. It's up. It's vertical. So, and in this song, he is bigger than all those things. seasons no matter what the circumstance you are the rock on which I stand you are the God who always sees us even in bare and desperate seasons no matter what the circumstance you are the rock on which I stand you are bigger than all my fears God of love God my love you are bigger than all my dreams. God, my hope, God, my peace. Whatever will come my way through each day, I will say, God, I trust you. I trust you. Amen. All right, let's do one more. 
before the message this morning. like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory I realize just how beautiful you are and how your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. He is jealous for me like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy and all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory I realize just how beautiful you are and how your affections are for me and oh how he loves us so oh how he loves us how he loves us so Oh, how you love. 
just take a moment and pray. Father, we get wrapped up in our own human experience limitations. And we project upon you <laughs> what we think you're going to do, how you're going to respond, and who you are. And we take our fragile, flawed humanity and expect that somehow you're going to respond to things like we do. And thank you, Lord, that you do not. Lord, expand our understanding of who you are, how you work on our lives. And in those enormous gaps of our understanding, fill that with faith and hope so that as we are living, we're not living fearfully, but hopefully and, and lovingly. There we go. Before we get into the sermon, what an interesting day for uh, technology, but that's okay. I realize we didn't do um, any announcements. So, bridal shower next sun Sunday after church at 1. In fact, let me switch forward here. Let's go to here. So, bride, bridal shower. Yeah, interesting. We don't have another one. So, bridal shower next Sunday. Um, at 1 p.m., if, uh, um, if you need information about it, talk to my wife, Kathy, or I don't see, where are the Pancrats? Oh, Sharon, she said, huh. I'll talk about that. Um, we have multiple studies. One's a men's Bible study meeting at Sunday morning at 9.30. There's going to be another one um, in uh, Johnny's classroom at, next week as well at 9.30. There's actually quite a few different ones, um, and I'll talk more about that after the service. Um, also, we're probably going to send those out online for those of you who, who join us remotely. Uh, I would strongly encourage you to connect on a personal weekly basis or regularly, because some of these aren't every week. Some of these are like once a month or something like that. You need people. We need to be, and that's really good. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, other ones we got here, men's study, text to give. If you'd like to give, that's, an available, that's available for people if they'd like. Um, pray. If, there, we have a, we have a, a, if you guys would like prayer, let me know. There's also a way to do it anonymously off our website. Uh, small groups that we got that going. I think that's all of them. Yeah, that's all of them. All right. You know, let's, let me jump to my sermon now. If I can find it. What a discombobulated day, right? There we come on, come on. There we go. Foundations of hope. Perfect. Okay. Hope. Let me pray for us, and, uh, and then we'll get into the sermon. Father God, thank you so much that you, you are the God of all hope. And may you fill us with hope as we believe you, we believe the good news, strengthen our hearts to see, see who you are, that we might have, have something solid to stand on in, in, in the storms that are happening in our world. Maybe it's just not personally, but Jesus all over the world, or maybe it's in in something that's happened directly in our own lives. So that Jesus, that we can, we can breathe during these days, but also so, so that that would be a light to the rest of the world, that we have something that they desperately need. Hope. 
Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. All the time, right? All the time. God is great. All the time. All the time. God is wise. All the time. God, all the time, God is wise. God is love. All the time. And all the time, God is love. These four characteristics are four things that we need to be absolutely convinced, convinced of as, as basic foundations in order to have hope. That God is great, God is good, God is wise, and that he loves us. If you can have those four pillars to stand on, it's going to make a giant difference in your life. Hope. We've got to have hope. hope. Hope personal, that life can get better for me personally, that tomorrow could be a better day or maybe next week or down the road, things can get better than it is today. We need hope for the world. I mean, the world's a mess. We need some hope that things in life Generally, even if your life is going okay, sometimes we look out into our politics, into our culture, we look into all these things and we just go, ugh, we need hope they can get better. And that's, and that, that's what we're talking about today. What we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks. Three foundations. One this week is God's character, who he is. Next week is going to be about God's place. What is our hope? We need to have a clear vision of what can be possible and then finally, with God's word, that he promised it. But this week, hope. And our hope is not wishful thinking. It is not optimism. It doesn't deny the pain and the crud that's happening in our world. That's not our kind of hope. A lot of times we, we use that word, and our culture often uses that word, in the sense of, well, I wish it's better. You could easily substitute wish for hope. It's like, eh, I don't expect it, but it'd be, it'd be nice. No, our hope is an expectation. It's much closer to the idea of a vision of what's going to happen and an expectation that it's going to occur. That's what we're talking about. It's more like, I'm looking forward to, just like I'm looking forward to, to the day when my child is born. You know it's going to happen. You expect it. I can't wait for that day. That's what, when you feel that. That's what we're talking about. Your grandbaby or, or your birthday. You know it's going to happen. That's what we're talking about. And we need hope. Hope reduces stress. Are you stressed? Are you anxious? Having hope will reduce that. Because you know it's going to get better. I remember in, in, I used to work in the restaurants a lot. I worked at Outback Steakhouse and I did every job. But one of them I did, it was this, it was this, this job, they called it make up. And what it is, is the ticket would come in with the order. And, and I'm the one that told all the other cooks what to do, what to make. You know, this person over here, and I can still see it vividly in my dream, there's this you would have the steak person here, you'd have the saute guy here who would cook the chicken and the ribs and things like that, and then there would be the saute person, then there would be the, the fry cook who would make the fries, and then the salad, and just on down. And I'm the one 
who would tell them what to cook, and then when it's done, I would make up the plates. So I'm in charge of all these, and we, there would be moments on a Friday or Saturday night where this, you've seen those, those restaurants where you had this little ticket line, you know, and you could do all those. We didn't have one line. There was two lines, long, six foot, two of them, and there it would be stacked all the way across, and it wouldn't just be like this. It would be stacked on top of each other. There'd probably be 100 tickets in there, and I'd be, that's overwhelming. I used to have nightmares about that <laughs> years afterwards. But one of the things I told myself that helped me get through it in those overwhelming moments is like, but it doesn't last. It doesn't. And maybe, you know, you've had moments where you know something hard's happening. And it's like, but you can see that the, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know it doesn't continue. Whether it's a, 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 a shot, you know, maybe you got a, a vaccine shot or something and it hurts, but you know that the pain isn't going to continue, right? Maybe a two-year-old is all freaked out because he doesn't, doesn't know that it's going to end. But you know it doesn't. There's hope. Hope reduces the anxiety in your life because you see that this isn't the way it's going to stay. The other thing hope does is it makes you happier, makes you have more peace, and it moves you to positive actions because you're not so weighed down like it's never going to get better. You know it's going to get better. So, so, the, so the weight of this isn't quite as heavy when you see that the end is, that the, 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 the tunnel has a light at the end of it. So if you want some peace, you want a little bit more happiness, maybe a little less stress in your life, then let's get, let's get some hope over these next three weeks. And here's the first piece. We need to hear God's character. And the very first one we need to hear God's character is the fact that God is great, that God is big. What good is there if God can't do anything about our problems, right? So what if everything else is the case, but if you're not convinced that he can actually do something about your problem, your mountain, your storm. If you can't fix something in the world, whether it's the politics or it's the pandemic or it's corruption or whatever it is, if he can't actually do something about it, then there's no hope. But he is able to. What good is it if he loves you, but he can't fix your problem? What good is it if The mountains are too big for him to move. He needs to be big. And none of these others matter until you're convinced that God really is great. That he is greater than everything else. Great meaning all power, all authority, in heaven and earth, that nothing is too hard for God. That's what we're talking about. And we can see this right here, Genesis 1. First sentence of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Sometimes little kids will ask questions like, well, where did God come from? And that makes sense because we all kind of know that everything comes from something. But God is categorically different 
And we got to get that in our head, that he doesn't come from anything. Those kinds of ways of thinking about God is not the way to think about him. He's not Superman. Superman is just a human being with a lot of abilities. That's not who God is. Superman, if he was real, would be far closer to you and I than he is to God. Can you stand up against Superman? Well, no. But Superman has no hope to beat God. If all of the world, if all of creation in a single unified effort tried to beat God, it would be an effortless contest. God would, it would not be any problem. He is the creator. Which means he can take all power away. He existed, Colossians, this is talking about Jesus. Jesus existed before all things. All things were made through Jesus. And he holds everything together. That's actively. At this moment, it's not that the idea that God created everything and they went, all right, let's just see what happens. He's all actively, every moment of every day, literally keeping the world working. And if he decided with just as much effort as he did here in the beginning where he spoke the world into existence, if he just decided like, it's done. Effortless. He can, he can move a mountain as easy as you and I turn off a light switch. All of your big problems, your mountains, your storms, it is as easy as for God to just deal with them as it is for me to walk over there and turn the light off. Actually easier. He just thinks about it and it's done. You need to think God is great. Nothing is too hard for him. This is what we need to be thinking. Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth. Look out into the world. Look at the cosmos. Look at the ant and, and, and the flower, the intricacy. And, and, and think that with just a thought, with just a word, he just made it all happen. You did this by your great power, and nothing is too hard for you. We've got to be convinced that nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. Can he help you? That's the question you need to be able to be convinced of. Is he able to help? Because if he can, there's hope. Can he fix this? Yes. Yes, he can. He's a creator. He's spoken, and no mountain in your world can, be, can, can stop him. He's great. So there's hope. But it's not enough to know that God is great. Because here's the problem. What if God isn't good? There's a lot of people out there who actually are convinced that maybe if God exists, but he's not good. 
And I can understand this, 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 this question. It's a real one, especially for people who've been in the military and seen horrible things. They go, how is there a, a God who's good and I see babies blown up? How, do I, how is that possible? There's so much pain and sorrow and suffering in the world. How is God good in this? It's a real question, and it's one we have to settle. Is God good? Is he good? Meaning, is, is he going to ben- benefit people? Now, part of this is going to be wiser. We're going to talk about that. That's why I'm going to put the two together. It, it's the practical side of goodness. But is God good? Let's, the scripture says it. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And then he said, let there be light. And after that, he goes, and he saw the light was good. He does this over and over in the first chapter. He does this seven times. He does it in verse 3, excuse me, 4, in verse 9, verse 12, verse 18, verse 21, verse 24. And finally, he summarizes all of the creation with this. And God saw that all he had made, and it was very good. God does good. That's all he does, is good. And we need to be convinced of this, that God is good. That is, that he is the source of life. He's the source of blessings for all people. And this is one of the core charges against God by humanity and by Satan, that he's not good. Go reread chapter 3 of, of Genesis with the fall. That's the serpent's charge, is that God's withholding good from them. He's not good. And that's the problem we struggle with. With this question, is, is God good? Is sometimes we think we know better what is good than God does. But God's the one who sees what is good and says, that's what it is. God says what's good is. We don't always know. All that God does is good. And we need, we, we, we need to have the humility to realize maybe we don't see it. But let's give at least a little bit of a sense of what we're talking about. I mean, we know what it is. You can look up the dictionary. But it's the idea of good is what blesses me. It's what's helpful for human being thriving and, and, and enjoyment and pleasure. It's, that, it's the taste of the apple in your mouth and you go, mm, that was a good apple. It's, it's, it's looking at the sunset and going, wow, that was a beautiful, good sunset. I have a good relationship, which means it's a blessing to me, right? That's a good relationship. It brings life to me. That's a good relationship. This is what we're talking about. And so this is what God brings. He brings good. And everything that's good in our lives is from God at the source. James 1.17, every, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the of the heavenly lights, who does not change. He's not like shifting shadows. He does all everything good in your life. Clothes on your back? Water? Do you like to drink water? Or something to clo- you know, that tastes of water in your mouth? Did, did you have a, a bed to sleep on? Did you breathe just now? Everything that is good has its source in God. He is good. It's akin to kindness. 
Kindness, as I've talked about before, and you can see this definition roughly uh, slightly different than this, but in uh, the Webster's 1829 Dictionary, it is a better dictionary than our current ones, it said this, goodness or, or kindness delights in contributing to the happiness of others, doing so cheerfully, gratifying their wishes, supplying their wants, and meeting their needs and alleviating their distresses. Let me say that again. This is what good does. It, it delights in contributing to the happiness of another, alleviating their distresses, supplying their wants and needs. That's what good does. That's what God is. He is good. And so we need to give thanks to him. And we need to be absolutely convinced that God is good. It is a pillar that you cannot have broken or not underneath you and have hope. That God actually is good. It's one thing that God is bigger than our problems. But what's his intentions towards you? And akin to this is this. Is God wise? It's the practical side of goodness. Because as we all know, you can have good intentions and bad outcomes, can't you? Our politics is full of it. Literally, sometimes. But I'm convinced that both sides want good things. They have good intentions. The issue is, do they have the wisdom to know how to get that outcome? And I think that's the problem. We all know that we have relationships and people in our lives, maybe it's a boss, maybe it's a friend, who has good intentions. But there's no wisdom and they don't know how to actually make what they want happen, the good they want happen, to actually occur. Wisdom is, to ha is that quality that knows what the best, highest outcome is and the best way to make it happen. That's what wisdom does. It's practical. God not only wants good for people, he knows the right way to do it. And this is where we get a little hung up on, is because sometimes we think we know better how to produce the good that God wants. It gets at the question with hope of, does God really know what he's doing? Really? That's the accusation. Some of it is, maybe I'm not sure he can build, he, he's big enough to fix it. Some of it is, I'm not sure I could trust him to care about what's going on. But here's the other, but then it's like, I don't know that you know what to do here. I question your ability to figure out the right way to go about things in my life or in the world. And this is a real issue. Does God know what he's doing? Yes. Good intent without wisdom can actually produce evil. Unless, unless without the wisdom you kind of stumble into the right answer. But God has wisdom. He knows the best outcome. He knows what he's doing. Psalm 147 says, Our Lord is mighty in power. His understanding or wisdom has no limit. No limit. 
He is infinitely wise. He's infinite in figuring out what's the right way to go about things. He knows the best way to achieve good for you. For you and for the world. And that's a challenge. Because we, don't know, we, we, we look at him and we go, I don't get it. Sometimes this issue with, I don't know how God can be a good God. The real issue is, is you don't understand what he's doing. Why is it that babies die? I don't know. Why is there evil in the world? Do we have the humility to go, I don't think I get it. That's what the real issue is. Oh, the depth, this is Paul in, in Romans, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments, his paths are beyond tracing out. He has this at the end of his long art explaining of salvation, he just kind of goes, at the end of the day, God knows what he's doing and I don't get it. His thinking is so deeper than mine, I don't understand. And we need to come to the point of going, I trust you, that you really are smarter than me. Is God smarter than you, maybe? Is it possible he knows better what he's doing than you and I? It really is kind of an arrogance to it to say that God doesn't. God is good. And I, and I get this. But we need to remember that if everything that's wrong in the world, in our own lives and that, God is not at fault for that. We are. Why is there murder in the world? It's not God's fault. It's our fault. Now you could say, but how come he didn't stop it? Well, now that's a wisdom thing. Why didn't he? I don't know. He will be proven wise in the end. I'm not sure why. He knows the highest, he knows the best way to produce the highest good. I don't get it, but he does. He's bigger than all of your problems. His intentions towards you is good, and he knows the right way to do it. But that's not enough. I said loving was the last one, but I'm going to change this word to this word. It's called hesed. You really should know this word. It's one of the most important words in the Bible. It's translated in a variety of different ways. One is loving, but it's lots of different ways. It's, it's translated kindness. It's called mercy, loving kindness. It's, it's translated things like, like uh, uh, faithfulness, his loyal love. It's all of these ideas together is what this word means. And it's, talk, it's one of the core things. And what it gets at for us is it's one thing that God is big. It's one thing that God intends good for somebody or he, and he knows what he's doing. But what about me? Is he going to be good to me because I'm a mess up. I'm messed up a lot. I'm a I, is he going to be good to me in spite of my failures, my weaknesses, and my sin? God has said, has said, he is loving kindness. In spite of your sin, yes, he's still going to be. And we can see this in, 
this famous place here in Exodus 34 where Moses wants to see God's glory and God says this to him. He passes in front of him and he says, the Lord uh, passed in front of Moses and he proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in, and in this case they use two words, love, love and faithfulness. It's one word, it's the hesed, love and faithfulness. And it continues to the next one. Maintaining has said love to thousands, forgiving wickedness and, for, and rebellious and sin. How does he display his love? By forgiving. By maintaining a relationship. That's how he displays it. And what this means is there's hope because of Jesus. Because this is how God shows his said to us, his love for us. There's hope because of Jesus on the cross. His love moved him to action. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love for us, which he loved us, even when our trespasses separated us, he made us alive with Jesus life, that we might experience the goodness of God in all its fullness. This is you. This is how God has displayed his, has said to you. This is how you can be sure that his goodness will be experienced by you in all its fullness. You need to be convinced of that. This is how you need to understand this. That God showed his love for us and that while we are sinners, doing things that God very much dislikes and all our failures and all of our mess-ups, it is in that moment, in your darkest moment, that's when God loves you. To do what? To give you Jesus. So that what? So that there would be hope. that you would experience his goodness, that his great, great power would overcome all the mountains in your life, that his wisdom would know the best way to make it happen in the right moment. I don't know what the right moment is. He does, both for you personally and for the world. I don't know the right time for the world to get fixed. He does. But this is what we can say, is that goodness and mercy, his has said, will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I love that word. And in this translation, it says follow. But, but I think a better one is it'll pursue you. It'll run after you. Which it may not fully catch you in this life. You may not fully get the full extent of the goodness and the mercy of God catching you until you get into the house of the Lord forever. But he's chasing you into his goodness. That's the image. He's, he's running after you as you're going into the house of God to live there forever. And in that moment, which is what we're going to talk about next week, what is it like to live in God's house? We need to have a good vision of that. But for today... I really want you to just to rejoice in his has said.
that when you are in your afflictions and when you're in the anguish of your soul, you know God is great. He's bigger than this. He's bigger. I want you to know that he is good and he is wise and he knows what he's doing and he's, he's got good intentions towards you and he's never going to give up on you because he loves you. The foundation for hope is who God is. I want you to have less stress in your life. I want you to have less anxiety and I want you to have more joy and I want you to be motivated to do the good stuff that you need to be doing in this life. And you can do that if you got hope. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all your goodness in our lives, for your love for us, for your, your kindness for us. God, we believe. Help our unbelief in regards to are you bigger. Help us with our unbelief in, in this struggle we have of, is he going to be good to me? Does he care about me? And as we come to the table, help us to, re to once again say to ourselves, to remind ourselves that Jesus, you're not going to give up on us. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's take a moment and think, and, and think about those things. What mountains do you need to get over? What, what, what characteristics do you need to today go, I need to remember that today. Is it his greatness? Is it his love? Is it his, is it his, his goodness? Is it his wisdom that you need to go, thank you, God, that you're wise? The last verse I wanted to share was this, was Lamentations 3. Lamentations. It's the middle of them crying out because they because they're, they're having a hard time in, the, in Israel. And he says, I recall this to mind. Therefore, I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That is, as he said, his mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And he is faithful to you in Jesus. Let's prepare our hearts for communion. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and says, this is my body given for you. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. 
and drink. For this is how God fixes the world. This is how God fixes our lives. Come and drink. Take the elements and then we'll share together at the end. God is great. His goodness is great. His wisdom is great. His power is great. And great is his loyal love to you in Jesus. The blood and bread and body of Christ given for you. Father, I want to pray for myself and for all of these people that you, the God of all hope, that you would strengthen us in believing, that you would empower us through our faith in you, Jesus, that we might have hope and have it abundantly, that we might be filled with the joy and peace that that brings. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. Thanks for coming. And for...